As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us. It is an honor today to have my coach and friend, Elise Gerard, in the studio. Elise, you are the one of a best-selling author, a speaker, a healthy mindset strategist, and principal of my ripple effect. Welcome, Elise. Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Excellent. I, you know, Elise, I share with people of the journey of my leadership and moving into succession planning and transitioning our business. And you were introduced to me at one of those pivotal moments, right? Mm -hmm. Where life is changing before my eyes, responsibilities are changing. And I'm so fortunate that you were helping me both in fitness, which I thought was just physical. (laughs) But I tell people the first couple of months that you and I worked together, we worked on mindset, attitude and breathing. Yeah. Right? So so we didn't break a sweat, but we break <laughs> a void um, that needed to spend some time with. So we're so excited to have you as the Talent Magnet Institute podcast is all about developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, yeah. community, and life, and reframing success and leadership. So yeah. thank you for being a part of this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on this mission because I think it's really, really, really important that um, today leaders not only um, have someone to stand up and say, hey, we need to look at the way we're looking at this differently, but also we need to – it's great that they have someone to say um, to, you know, kind of help them lead them to put it into place and say, you know, the way we've been thinking about leadership has evolved and now, now we're ready for the next, um, level of evolution. Absolutely. Absolutely. So share with me a little bit, take, take me back the, (laughs) the, the impact that you've had in your life that hasn't called you into the work you're doing now. Could you okay. share with us a little bit about the history and what's led you to this point? Yeah. So I um, am actually a trained scientist. I was um, actually in research science for many, many years, and that was kind of my first love. And as first loves go, it wanes. <laughs> so um, I moved. I had many different capacities, but I eventually moved into um, – I had a family, and then I moved into fitness and wellness because that was always something – that was in the background of my life that I, because of my science background, I think it was a very natural fit for me. And I thought, you know, going back into the workforce, I thought I want to do something that's going to impact lots of people's lives in a positive way, help people be healthy. Um, So fitness was quite frankly, the easiest way for me to break into that. So, um, and it was flexible. And then I owned, I opened up a a fitness studio for women and girls. And um, one of the reasons why I did that, it was because I saw 
I was working in homes with women and a lot of stuff would get in the way. The kids would be sick or um, the phone would ring or, you know, there'd just be a lot of distractions. And I felt like women need a place where they can go and just focus on themselves. So that I think is kind of the first little seed that was planted in my head about putting yourself first. And then, um, because if we don't put ourselves first, we can't take care of everybody else. And, you know, um, a friend of mine said she feels like moms and CEOs are very similar in that way. <laughs> we don't put everybody before ourselves, or we're constantly thinking about everybody else's needs. And then um, it got to a point with the uh, fitness business where I was doing a lot of different things and um, I was starting to feel burned out and like losing the enthusiasm for things. I had great clients, but I was really like, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. tired (laughs) and um, just felt defeated. Like I can't do everything that I want to do. And I'm, you know, like losing this battle with being successful, so to speak. So in my own mind, and I realized like, wow, I really need to, I I fortunately had the luxury of being able to back off and kind of re-evaluate. It kind of took the time after that to realize that wow, um, I've been looking at this thing all wrong. I've been pushing through and um, working, you know, quote unquote, hard. And and it really what it does, and this is kind of how I felt, is it puts you in this survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you're not having that much fun. And you're also not tapping into the the best, most brilliant part of yourself, the amazingness of you. And that's where all the magic of success happens is when you're tapping in and, you know, I call it kind of co-creating with the universe, you know, or the divine to, um, to create together something amazing. Mm -hmm. So the past couple of years, I've been doing a lot of my own personal work and at the same time really learning a lot and listening to a lot of um, speakers and and, uh, ideas and kind of new ways of thinking that are very intuitive. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, that makes perfect sense, but it's very different from the paradigm that we live in, Mm -hmm. which is really fun. And so what I think is really exciting is like saying, hey, people, like, (laughs) we have been making this way too difficult for ourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. we need to have more fun and chill. Mm. It's so (laughs) similar to the stories that I hear very often in our search business and our consulting business, right? That leaders are on that path and at some point hit a state of reflection, Mm-hmm. That makes them think either A, because of devastation or sickness or loss of some degree, mm-hmm. or just realize that they're not waking up excited to wake up yeah. to go to work or whatever that is that puts their foot on the floor. Well, and my goal ultimately is to help people to see, to kind of either listen to their bodies or listen to their minds early in the process so that they don't 
burn out or even get sick. I mean, gosh, the most the har- most horrible story I feel like I hear is when somebody tells me, oh, so-and-so, you know, got sick, had got breast cancer, had to have surgery, do something, whether they are an athlete and they got injured or they, you know, are a leader and they um, um, got sick or something because it just totally incapacitates you. you. It's almost like your body is saying to you, like screaming at the top of his lungs saying, right. you need to stop now yeah. <laughs> and you need to, um, you have to listen to me. And, you know, all those little things like not being able to sleep at night or the sense of, I think you had mentioned, like a lot of pe- leaders feel lonely or, you know, it's lonely at the top mm-hmm. or like those are feelings and emotions and um, even the physical symptoms of just fatigue or even pain that um, we ignore. And that is literally our body talking to us saying, you need to pay attention. Like if you, you know, I'm trying to tell you something, you need to change. Sometimes it's hard to figure out what it is, but Mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, it's time to like sit up and pay attention. Yeah. You know, so we don't get to the point where we're completely incapacitated and you have to take six weeks or, you know, more off work to heal. Yeah. So if there is a leader feeling, if they're t- being true to themselves, feeling tired, worn out, frustrated, lonely in some <laughs> cases, unhealthy in others, or they feel emotionally, spiritually, mentally, or physically drained. Yeah. What do you say to them? Where do you start with them? How do you help them get out of that mindset? Yeah. So the very first thing that I do is I um, really think about what is their, what are they doing? You know, so I really ask them a lot of questions. But what I usually wind up telling them is, um, and usually they're in a mind pattern, uh, a thought pattern of um, of not being able to do enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they tend to feel inadequate because they're they feel like crap. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, they feel like they're not able to, you know, push through it as well. So I the the biggest thing is, is like I was saying before, is we have to really um be able to start taking care of our, ourselves. So I will, you know, help them to figure out how can you incorporate some self-care into your day, into your routine, as minor as it might sound, like you said, breathing techniques make a huge difference. What you're listening to, um, if you listen to the news on the way to work, I mean, that is very, you know, it just, what it does is it puts your mind in a lack mentality subconsciously. And so you have to do everything that you can to um, switch that because we're raised on it. So, you know, if you've been listening to the status quo for <laughs> 40 years or more, then it's going to take practice to change. And it, and you, what's really cool is it, there's actually a um, psychological process. This one guy who I've, he wrote, has written several books is Joe Dispenza, and he calls it the river of change. And it's like the, the gap between the comfortable and your habitual patterns 
and the new way that you want to be. So a lot of people, it's it's uncomfortable. So a lot of people like use the analogy of either losing weight or changing your mindset or how you react to people in certain situations. Like I had a friend who um, was having a lot of family issues and they would always trigger her. And so I would say to her, like, so how can you look at this differently, you know, and um, do you see how they're just pushing your buttons and they're, you're, they're just getting their reaction from you? Mm-hmm. And so through like a lot of conversations, she and a lot of her own personal work, she has been able to completely change the way she interacts with them because she realizes that like she's totally reframed. It's not about her. It's about their issues and stuff and that she can come to the conversation on a much different, you know, if you want to consider it a higher level of emotional maturity, if you, you know, really is what it is. She's not telling all these stories in her head. And I think that a lot of times when people are in fatigue mode or are, you know, have a lot of these emotional, um, or like I said, the pain, pain type of things, a lot of times it's an emotional, um, it starts deep, deep on the emotional level. And we start, when we start to unravel like those stories mm-hmm. that we grew up with, or like that work has to be hard or that we have to, you know, as a leader or a CEO or a president of an organization, you're expected to put in, you know, so many hours a week or day. And it's like, you know, that just, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's not humanly possible. So just changing those basic ideas Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, finding time to chill and, Mm -hmm. and everybody's different. Like chilling out looks different for different people. And sometimes people will exercise to do that. But if they're already in a kind of fight or flight mode physically, um, they have a lot of fatigue then um, and where they're not sleeping at night, um, a lot of times, and they might be gaining weight or something, um, a lot of times um, the exercise, doing very intense exercise can actually be very counterproductive. So, you know, finding the right kind of movement for people, finding, you know, all of that stuff. So That's I can talk That's what I found so interesting. So I... I love what I do mm-hmm. and give it my all in, in many aspects of my life. And I remember the conversations that I kind of joke about it. Like sometimes I have to rem- remember to breathe mm-hmm. or to drink water or to eat because I'll just go straight through, right? And yeah. um, and that's where like even essential oils triggering my mind like, oh, I'm supposed to breathe now. Yeah, right? like <gasps> um, And it was <laughs> so interesting in. that you – when you and I started working together, you picked up on some of those things. Yeah. And we spent time just working on, okay, if you're feeling this way, maybe it's not do more. It's take a step back, reflect yes. on goals, priorities, aligning who you are, what you are, and right. thinking and being more conscious of what your body and mind are trying to tell you. Yeah. And I remember we were talking about um, like even just walking in like a natural setting or, you know, kind of getting back into – nature a little bit. There's this whole concept of earthing and it might seem kind of granola or crunchy. Some people refer to it as, 
But there's actually, you know, if you think about it, number one, um, on a very, very basic level, trees give off oxygen and we breathe oxygen. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. being in a little bit higher oxygenated area, that gives your brain more oxygen and more capacity to think clearly. And then nature, we have this very basic um, connection to nature. And when we're in it um, on a very, uh, you know, just on a very basic level, we're not power walking through it. We're just really appreciating it and kind of looking around and listening to um, the birds and all of that. It's It hit, hits us on a very deep um, level. Mm. And what that does is not only get your blood, you know, circulating and stuff so there's even more oxygen in your blood in your brain, it really gets your creative juices flowing. And I don't know about some people, but I know for me, when I'm running or when I'm really exerting a lot of um, effort, I can't really think about what I'm, you know, I'm just kind of like, just tell me what to do. Or I just need to, you know, run and and have a set route or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't think too much. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in nature and I'm just going on a hike or I'm just in a very uh, gentle walk, like walking the dogs or whatever, I get all kinds of really awesome ideas and, mm-hmm. you know, like your brain starts lighting up. up. Yeah. 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 So well, I know so you huge. even challenged me when you were talking about walking and yeah. and you started hitting the point of, well, what do you listen to when you yeah. walk, Yeah. Right? Um, so don't pause this podcast now, but, um, you know, to take time, Mike, and I, I mentioned why, you know, at least I've got, you know, 36 audibles in my queue right. and I've got all these things I want to listen to yeah. and learn from. And you encourage me just to hit pause yeah, and just be. take your headphones out and just be. Yes. And, you know, we all know our best ideas come when we're most relaxed and most clear. Yeah. And, Um, you know, and if you think about why is that, it's because we're allowing. We're just, we are literally allowing kind of the energy in, you know, to inspire us. We're receiving Mm -hmm. inspiration. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times I think we feel like we have to get so much done. And I have to, I have 30 (laughs) things in my, you know, box and I need to get it done so I can hit the check button. I just thought all people walk and check their emails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is dangerous. You shouldn't. Don't, you should don't email and walk. Because um, you you're going to trip and fall. I was interacting <laughs> with a leader just a couple weeks ago, and he was sharing about a silence retreat mm. and um, and how he has been doing this for years and how there's other people that have been doing And he's a CEO of a family mm-hmm. business. And I was like, what is, you know, what's a silence retreat? I've brought it up subsequently to three other people mm-hmm. and- apparently this is a thing that I'm just learning about. So meditation and silence and being still, where do you see that? I personally, I think it would be very difficult for me. I couldn't imagine being (laughs) silent for three days. (laughs) I, that would make me very uncomfortable. And I think some people do it it, for that reason. I mean, I know people do it for that reason, but I um, am a very verbal processor. So I really like I don't I think it's good to <clears throat> step away from the group group and be contemplative and mm-hmm. write and um you know there are things that you don't need to share. I think that part of it 
Two is the concept of I don't need to share everything that comes into my mind and I can just be silent and in my own space and that's totally fine. But I think that also bleeds over into the con- – that that concept bleeds into other parts of life of like, hey, all I need to do is be. Because in that point of being, like we can be amazing and we can acknowledge that I am amazing just because I am on this earth right now. If I do nothing else, like I am just amazing because I'm here and that's kind of where the ripple effect comes from because mm-hmm. it's like the just being we have a ripple effect on people you know literally just um holding the door open for somebody that's just somebody being themselves being nice mm-hmm. and that's like wow thanks and it puts somebody in a better mood and then they maybe do something nice to somebody else. That's, you know, so literally just by being, we are impacting people. And some, you know, especially when you have a lot of pressure or when there's, um, you have a lot of responsibilities, it's easy to get caught up in. I remember, you know, when I owned um, Venus, it's like I had a to-do list, (laughs) a mile long and you really, you're never going to get it done. And I'm one of the people, one of my coaches um, that I, a business coach that I hired said, you know, you really can only get three things done in in a day. And so just what's the top three things? And, and then once I um, stepped away from that, I realized, you know, like, I don't have to get it all done. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. And and the concept, like the pressure that I put on myself, like, well, if I don't get it all done, I'm a failure. Like, it's just not true. It's this lie and this story that I have fabricated in my head that somebody told me when I was a kid or when I was an adult or whatever, and or that I read somewhere. And it's really like letting go of that that is like pure freedom. Mm -hmm. It's really, really, really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned meditation, journaling, silence, being still. Um, Walk through from a, again, there's individuals listening that are like, but I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My to-do list is like 17. You, You know, I'd love to dive in a little bit to your, you've been a certified triathlon coach. Yeah. Uh, what were some of the lessons that you would take from that experience to those who are trying to perform at their peak, yeah. right, to be at their highest level? What are some of the lessons learned yeah. that might be a little counterintuitive to those who think about that experience? Well, the biggest thing that we learned that I, at least the biggest takeaway that I'd never, you know, concept that I had learned in my triathlon coach certification was, and I thought it was so powerful because these are people that coach Olympic athletes, um, Ironman athletes, like it's, you know, USAT, like they are the sports, you know, mm-hmm. the governing body. Mm-hmm. And the one of the things they they were really talking a lot about the psychology of sport. And one of the things they said to us is you have to remember you are working with type A intense people. They are working full-time jobs and they'll tell you that they have like 15 to 20 hours to train 
<laughs> you need to look at their schedules because they sh- just because because that 15 to 20 hours might include sleep, you know. So mm-hmm. their point was is that you cannot train them at that level, even though they say that's how much time they have. And that literally happened to me. I had some guy, oh yeah, I could train 15 hours a week. And it's just not possible. I mean, it's basically another part-time job. Mm-hmm. But um, people live their lives this way. And so, you know, to, to your point, what we, we learned this concept of overreaching versus overtraining. Mm-hmm. So overreaching physic, on a physical level is when we're trying to push our bodies to a point of um, where we're getting stronger. And, you know, we push and it's it's uncomfortable, but it's not um, tearing us apart. Mm-hmm. Whereas over training, and you feel good about it and you feel stronger and you're able to perform at your highest perform- level. But um, <clears throat> overtraining is very distinct. Sometimes there's a very fine line and people don't see it. But um, overtraining is really like where the injury happens. People get are getting sick. Um, even just colds, you know, they just, their immune system is compromised. They, they're like not excited about going out for that long run or they're, um, <clears throat> they uh, are you know, maybe not focusing, um, as much Mm -hmm. and they're having a difficult time, you know, staying focused and Mm -hmm. they're, you know, very scattered or, Mm -hmm. or they just can't, um, uh, I know, you know, sometimes you're like reading and you get distracted really easily. Mm -hmm. Like I got to, or just kind of manic, like I got to get all this done, you know, and you're just, again, that's that survival mode. So, Mm -hmm. um, so, but, um, I think you had said, like, what are some things that somebody can do to incorporate into their day mm-hmm. if they do have a long to-do list is really, number one, obviously, prioritize them. <clears throat> and you really, sometimes that can be difficult, mm-hmm. but you really got to, you know, I mean, it is not possible to do right. everything. Yeah. And so really to own that and then to say what do what is absolutely time sensitive today mm-hmm. and wh- and actually what i've done too is i will look at my whole week and i will be like okay i have to get this done today because of whatever reason you know maybe it's time sensitive or if i don't get it done that day i'm not, not going to get it done later or it has to be done so that other things can get done and then through the week i'll actually go through my my list to-do list and actually put it on my calendar um, through the week or even into the following week so that it's on there. And, but I don't need to think about it until I get to it to that mm. day. And then it's not constantly staring right. at me. Right. And I know I've, I've carved out some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's just really basic. Yeah. But I think really waking up in the morning and, um, what, you know, it could literally be in the shower, mm-hmm. you know, uh, really, instead of listening to the radio in the shower or thinking about what do I have to do today? Okay, I got this meeting and this and this and this. Really take that time. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna multitask <laughs> mentally, like take that time to be like breathe and say literally go through like a mantra of like you know what, it's gonna be a great day today. Like I'm so glad that I woke up. And I have so many opportunities 
to make some things happen. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really excited to see what kind of opportunities are going to come my way to help me express my unique amazingness. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, really just kind of free flow with those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Just get in that zone instead, you know, sometimes things start to creep in like, Ooh, I could, you know, do this or that. Sometimes that happens to me. I'll, mm-hmm. I have very active, you know, things just creep in. But then I just try to get back into that, just that beingness. And it's, but, you know, and during in the shower, it's easy to do because you're on kind of on autopilot anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, really like, uh, you know, I just love my body. It's so amazing how miraculous it is. It kept me alive while I was sleeping and I didn't have to think about it. And I am so thankful that it's going to get me through the day. A lot of times when we're tired or we are struggling through some emotional um, funk or, um, or even pain, it's really easy to get in that, um, that, uh, to stay in that mode, like, oh God, my body hurts. Why does my body hurt? What's wrong with me? You know, how can I get out of this? And we really just have to change that way of thinking and be like, um, and really appreciate, you know, that's where the gratitude comes in. Appreciate what our body does for us. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I'm glad that my body's talking to me and I'm listening. Like, my body is really intuitive and I'm going to keep listening and, and try to figure out, you know, what it's trying to tell me. And, um, you know, so if maybe if I, um, you know, drink more water, that might make, you know, and I think that what happens is, is that when we talk to ourselves and our talk to our body that way, and we show appreciation for our physical, um, capacity, ideas start coming into our head. And it's kind of like these whispers. I call it like your soul voice. It's like the divine basically. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's saying like, Hey, why don't you try drinking more water? And you know, and it's, and we should listen to that. And that's those little tiny whispers that sometimes we think like, yeah, that's a good idea, whatever. But we really like that is literally like our body talking to us. Yeah, on the journey of succession and leadership and business growth and transformation, um, one, having the right people in your path is critically important, right? To remind you of these things. Yeah. I have learned certainly um, as busy as our calendars can become, we have to own it. We have to take control. Um, yes, the whole positive, the art of saying no, yeah, the, the <laughs> just out saying no. volunteering um, and being you know, everything the, to everyone. Uh, the dynamic around journaling and not looking at what you didn't get done, but what you did yes. get accomplished. Oh my goodness, absolutely. And, you know, the good thing is what you didn't get done, didn't get done. So don't fret about it. Push it over to tomorrow's big right. three priorities or focus on what could be, where could that fit, right? Maybe that's not going to happen this quarter. Well, and I was just going to say, it's be, you know, it's a perfect segue. I was just going to say um, that, you know, every day is perfect. It's not that we didn't get it done and we failed at getting it done. We got a lot done that needed to get done and that's the way it worked out. So, um, you know, those things on our to-do list are opportunities to do tomorrow mm-hmm. or to do or to re- uh, 
reassign or to, you know, think, do I really need to do this? Why is it on my list? Like, so literally the next day is an, an opportunity to bring bring a fresh look at it. You know what? If you did it today, I mean, in that capacity of that day being perfect, you might have a totally different perspective the next day. Mm-hmm. You may have a conversation with somebody that totally changed the way you're thinking about um, that particular thing. Or somebody might come into your life that day and be like, oh my God, I could do that for you. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's like, take it um, at the end of the day, no, like, you know, when you hit the pillow, I think I, like a lot of people do gratitude in the morning. I like to do it at night because I like to know, like finish my day thinking, um, I'm so thankful for the way this day unfolded. Maybe it wasn't exactly the way I thought it was going to be, but in, you know, divine perfection, that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, like I like have to own it and own the fact that it was the way it was and that it was perfect. And I might not understand the, how that fits into the bigger picture, mm-hmm. but, um, it is, you know, tomorrow we'll see what fun things <laughs> come our way. Yeah. yeah. And like really being light with it and being in that mode of what's, what kind of fun is going to, I think that's one of your secrets. Like it seems like you're always having fun and <clears throat> charged and excited and, mm-hmm. you know, that keeps you um, really creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that it's certainly from a journey of those that don't enjoy what they do or are having really negative experiences in the relationships, whether mm-hmm. that's inside work or outside yeah. work. You know, that's one of the areas we hope to influence people and our listeners and even ourselves through this journey of conversation because fortunately I know how bad it can get. So I strive really hard so that it doesn't, right? And I'm, you know, blessed to have great people around me. I would argue to say that everybody is and whether you've recognized that or not um, or you're afraid to have crucial conversations. So then Mm -hmm. they snowball and then that starts laying burden on you and just the day's not quite the same. Well, Um, and all of those things revolve around stories we tell ourselves. mm -hmm. So like not having crucial conversations, and I've experienced this, I hate having those. But what I've come to realize is that the reason why I don't want to have them is because I have a preconceived notion or a story in my head mm-hmm. about what I think the other person is thinking. Mm-hmm. So you have to just let go of that and set yourself up to say, you know, I'm going to talk to this person about it and I'm going to have the perfect conversation with them. I don't know what I'm, if I'm going to say the right, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to say the right thing and um, whether they take that personally or not, like they might be in blame mode, but that's not about me. Mm-hmm. That's about them. And when we're usually when we're in negative situations, we it's always an inside job mm-hmm. because we have control over how we come to the table mm-hmm. and our, how we um, 
how we think about things. We always have control of our thoughts, but we are always trying to control everybody else. Because again, that's kind of the way we were, t- way we were brought up. But really, the only thing that we have control over is how we think. So if, you know, there's a situation that's really negative, like you have to kind of say like, how can I, what, you know, what is the story that I'm telling myself about this situation? It's usually something about like something you're insecure. Like if you get, I'm just making it up. Like if you got fired, like one time I got let go. Um, it was kind of like I was laid off, but I felt like I was fired, um, from a job and I had this huge story like, oh my God, like, you know, whatever they, this, that, and the other thing. I was very, very bitter and angry, but then, um, and it took a couple of months and I would, this was a long time ago. So way before I knew, you know, to change my thoughts, but, um, this was literally like. 20 years ago, (laughs) they, I said, you know, maybe like this guy was put in my path to like, he, you know, I could say he's a jerk and all of this stuff, but, um, and he, this was unfair and all of that, but I, you know, maybe he was kind of, um, you know, if you want to be spiritual, like he was put in my path in order for me to make a change in what I was doing because because what happened was it was like I changed my career path a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it was like it totally changed. I was like, oh, so he was just, this, <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of a servant of God, like unbeknownst to him. Yeah. <laughs> and it just caused me to um, – it just mm. – caused me to, you know, take a different turn and all the different things in my life, because I'm kind of a strong-willed person, all the things in my life that have happened that way, Hmm. it literally, it had to hit me like a ton of bricks in order for me to change what what direction I was going in. Hmm. And at first, you know, again, before now, I would really, really, really take a victim mode about it. I would be like, this is, you know, why is this happening to me? Why, you know, I'd just be very, very much in victim mode. And it would all be about blaming or I'm not good enough and what's wrong. And, you know, but each time in my life when that happened, it caused me to move in a different direction and then in a different direction and in a different direction because different opportunities came up Mm. and they were huge blessings. Mm. So when things happen in like I, my daughter got sick this fall, very sick. And she, it was really horrible. And, um, it came out of nowhere. And I, at first I was really like, why do my kids always, you know, have these problems? But then I was like, you know, this is such a blessing in so many ways. Like I was really able to turn it around pretty quickly and say like, wow, like this is really forcing me Mm. to, not evaluate myself as a mom because that's pretty harsh, mm-hmm. but to be like to really like grow as a mom and say, hey, you know what? This isn't about me. This is about her journey. Mm-hmm. Like she's learning how to take care of herself. She's learning 
you know, about what being healthy is about. And that's her. I just happen to be along for the ride. And, you know, so again, it's that same mindset of like we're blaming ourselves or trying to be in that victim mode. And it's like, it's it's not about any of that. Mm. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. The the mindset detox is one of the tools yeah. that you have to help leaders take a next step now. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So I um realize that people are really busy and that whenever, you know, kind of like with the classic physical like diet detox, it's like this cleansing, but then after the detox, we usually um <clears throat> are we usually go back to what we did before. <laughs> so yeah, you're really nice and clean for like a week or however long it is and maybe for a little bit after that. But then um, it's hard to stick to because it's pretty rigid. So with the mindset detox, the whole idea is to change, to start that change of changing the way your brain works, <clears throat> but on a very molecular level. And then in turn, there's a whole book called The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he talks about how literally our, he's a cell biologist, and that literally our thoughts literally affect like our DNA on a molecular level, like what genes get turned on, what genes get turned off, what hormones are being um, released, all of that. So it's mm -hmm. very, very scientific so, you know, sometimes people think of like emotions and thoughts as this soft thing, mm -hmm. but it's actually a very, it's really physics. It's like the most hard, if you want to think of that, science you can think of. So it's just math and, and physics. So anyway, um, <clears throat> with the mindset detox, it's really seven days of a very simple thing to do each day. So one is a breathing video of like literally just taking a breath break. I mean, this literally takes 30 seconds, you know. I think the the um the video might be like 3 to 5 minutes or something, but once you get it, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. take very long. And another one is um uh switch up what you're listening to. So one of the things that I did when I was starting to feel a little burned out in my fitness business, I had to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm like, like I can't go in, you know, kind of like, okay, people like, let's do this. You know, I had to be on. So one of the things I did was I, I picked one or two songs that I listened to in the car on the way to work mm -hmm. because my commute wasn't very far. Mm -hmm. So I, and then it kind of became what I call my happy playlist. Mm -hmm. So these are songs that really, really motivate me and kind of inspire me and get me, get my blood, you know, my juices flowing mm -hmm. and make me happy. So there's lots of different songs that can inspire you, but these specific ones were ones that kind of got my toe tapping, got me moving and really like got my energy and my vibration like high. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to be there for them. <clears throat> and then, so that's another thing. What are you listening to? Is it bringing you down or is it raising you up? And there's lots of different things that you can listen to yeah. to do that. And then um, another thing is, um, um, I don't know if this is in the detox, but it just occurred to me, is really, why, you know, 
being aware of um, your words. I think this is kind of like an, something that results from the detox mm-hmm. is being aware of what you're speaking because literally when we speak, it's a vibration. So it's something that's actually very tangible on in, from in the physical realm. And it's not just kind of, you know, in there. But actually, thoughts are also the same thing. Mm-hmm. They've I, somebody did a study, and I read somewhere that a thought—I think it's in Joe Dispenza's book—he said a thought literally is um, travels at twice the speed of sound. I mean, speed of light. So, like when you're thinking about somebody and they call you, they totally picked up on your that. Um, like that thought process, because and it's it's a very like I said tangible physical mm-hmm. thing. So, um, so, um, the mindset detox is really helping people to start to be aware of these little tiny things that we do in our lives that are just keeping us in this same stuckness mm-hmm. and thought process that's been going on for, you know, that they grew up with. But in order to move forward and evolve as a person, we have to, you know, acknowledge that that doesn't work anymore mm. and that we need to, you know, be aware of these new um, ideas about thought and speech. And, and you know, you hear people like mm-hmm. politicians and other really super successful people speak things into existence, literally. Mm-hmm. You know, it might take time, sure. but they literally speak they things into action. Cons- into- well, then, no, they're just like, this is going to be the best. We're, you know, like I think Donald Trump said something like, um, we're building the most beautiful building in Chicago or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact quote, but he, and, but I was very conscious of it because I was like, he is speaking that into being he, and I don't know if he's conscious of it or maybe he's just done it for a long time, but at some point in his life, he realized that words were extremely powerful. So when we say like, Oh, I'm so tired. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, is that what we speak right in this moment is based on past thought. So when we can change our thought, Mm -hmm. our future will start to change. Hmm. It's super powerful. It's kind of out there. A lot of people might be like, (laughs) you know, like this is too out there for me, Mm -hmm. but it's real. And it is totally real. Try it. Yeah. For but seven days. The seven-day detox is yeah. pretty tangible. That's yeah. my it took, goal it with it. It took two months for me to realize <laughs> that, okay, Elise is really helping <clears throat> me get my thoughts right. Yeah. So that I can show up even better right. than what I thought I was doing already. That's awesome. Right? But having more energy and more positivity and – you know, there's a lot of people who are tired and worn out. And yeah, worn and that's the river of change yeah. too. And we need to change. If you're there, start putting in some positive self-talk and start yeah. journaling and start realizing all of the good you are doing and all of the great things you yes. are getting accomplished and re- have rest in those. Yeah. And I, I, we realize that there's a lot coming at us, right? Oh, the, yeah. The rate of emails and voicemails oh, and requests yeah. and um, – but – you're still getting a lot done. You know, I may go home and say, I didn't get anything done today. And then I think back and go, oh, we had an incredible week. Yeah. If I think about it from being positive about that. Right. Exactly. So, Elise, if we could um, 
share with our listeners? What is, and I know we've talked about a lot of key takeaways and we'll provide a link to your seven day mindset detox. Yeah. It's um, a really easy as well. The, what's one, you know, we may have already talked about it, so you can Mm -hmm. come back to it, That's okay. but what's one thing that you want our listener, if they're catching the back end of this, Mm -hmm. what's one thing that they can (laughs) really take away to help them proceed for tomorrow in a better way? I would say really, really focus on what you're thinking. What are the thoughts, even if they're just flashes of thought going through your mind and think, is this helping me or is this setting me back? Hmm. Um, You know, any kind of fleeting thought like, I'm hungry. (laughs) I'm just using this as totally random, but I'm thinking like, Hey, I'm hungry. Okay. So what is that telling me? Is it like, Oh, I don't have time to eat. Or is it saying like, Hey, my body's talking to me or I need, I'm, I have an opportunity to nourish myself or, I mean, that's like so basic. We have to eat at least three times a day. Mm -hmm. Right. But also like, um, just with everything, again, like you said, with the um, thought, like what opportunities, just waking up in the morning and just saying, hey, what what is today going to surprise and delight me with? I'm so excited that I have the opportunity to be present in this world today because let's face it, you know, you could have died. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you have this amazing gift of a new day. So it's like, wow, what am I going to do with this day? Mm-hmm. And really be in present with that so that they can tap into their unique amazingness. I think that people get really stuck in comparis- comparing. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they say comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so, 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 so true mm. because um, when we we are not like any other person on the planet and when we compare ourselves to other people, we are doing ourselves a disservice and then we're also not living in our to, for our, to our true potential because we're not meant to be that way. We are meant to be our way. And um, <clears throat> so you know, really embrace that, you know, I do things differently or I am this way and I'm going to, you know, maybe some people, it they're not my people, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to embrace who I am and use those as my strengths because that's literally how I was born. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Elise, well, I greatly appreciate you being here today. I appreciate you being one of those path crossers for me. Yeah, th- um, and me that, too that, as well. I am so blessed to have met you, Mike. Yeah. Truly. I, I thank you for all that you do. Thank you for encouraging. Thank you for encouraging all of us to remember the ripple effect that we have in our lives. Yeah. And we'll provide my ripple effect in the show notes as well as some other uh, links to books and to yeah. resources that you've provided. And we look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much, Mike. Do you want to make sure you're getting the most out of your current and your prospective talent? Go to talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com slash talent and find out the 10 questions you should be asking yourself to stay ahead of the game. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial. Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Sound Press, produced by Chris Medine of New Fidelity Studios and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. 
Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. We are recorded in Greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We're supported by our listeners from all around the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is part of the Talent Magnet Institute and Centennial. You can reach me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Mike Sipple Jr. Find us in your favorite podcast app, or you can visit us online at talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a colleague. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.